The artist's brain is an independent variable. When brought into the everyday world, their senses find meaning in even the most mundane observations. The reaction must only be told by the artists themselves. I'm Loverboy, and this is an experiment. Today's guest has made a huge name for himself with his music production and remixes. Not only has he been heard around the world, but he's seen the world from the eyes of the stage. Bringing a mix of hip-hop, EDM, and funk, he is sure to make a statement with every song he makes. Please welcome today's guest, Louis Futan. How are you, man? I'm doing good, man. I'm going to have to get you to uh, write my new bio up. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you've been a a big inspiration for me, as well as a lot of other people, mixing a bunch of genres that people our age grew up on. You have this element of hip-hop that that keeps you moving, keeps you grooving. You have this element of funk that is always at, at the foremost of your music, but then you also still have a way to get a, a crowd of thousands of people jumping. Where did your inspiration on bringing these genres come together? Like, Yeah, I, I actually, I mean, I could trace it back probably to, uh, you know, my, my early influences and just being exposed to uh, music from a young age where, where my dad would just drive me and my brother around in a pickup truck blasting Van Halen. And, uh, you know, my mom would throw these little dance parties every Friday night. Um, but yeah, I think the, I think when it comes to making music, I think a lot of it is just subconscious, subconscious creation by just exposing myself to all these different kinds of music. My brain takes all of that subconsciously and then churns it out when I'm creating. Mm-hmm. Like I, it's not something that I actively even think about doing. It's just whatever it makes me feel something, you know. It's it's almost a form of like just automatic response to whatever happens that day or however you're feeling. Whatever happens that day, whatever happens that that month. I remember uh, for one of my songs, Rewind, um, there was a car driving by and it was playing some like Motown song that I've never heard of before. And I like ran back to my apartment because that right there, that, that's less of a subconscious thing and more of a conscious thing. But still, I I was just so inspired by that kind of Motown uh, chord progression that I was just like went right to the studio and just tried to kind of create that fe- that same feeling I heard when that car passed by. So so maybe part of your art isn't even just the production; it's the ability to to transform daily motivation, daily creative uh, endeavors into music. I mean, you you hearing a song playing Motown turn into something that has changed millions of people's lives. I mean, it's literally been heard around the world because you saw a car playing a Motown song and, and that was enough inspiration to get you going. Yeah. Um, and it's, I, it's funny because I don't, I don't, it's funny hearing you say that and, and this is why I do enjoy podcasts because it does put things in perspective because I don't think about really my music on a macro scale like that and how it affects people, but hearing you say that, I'm just like, oh yeah, I guess it does, you know? The macro lens, it's it's so hard to see when you're alone, but sometimes you just need somebody to be like, hey, it's working. Yeah. Like like whether the plays are always there, whether the, the, the labels are always screaming at you or asking for more, for more, there's somebody out there whose day changed because of that song. 
you have to be in a moment of seeing a car drive by and hearing that Motown song to have to have that sort of inspiration. Right. So the point of this podcast is really to show people that that macro lens is it's it's there. It's always there. It's yeah. just not always the easiest to see. Yeah, I love that. I, I especially I love that too because that for me is like all just a uh, a bonus of making music. Like, honestly, I think music is a pretty selfish endeavor mm-hmm. um, because I don't, I to be honest with you, I don't make music for other people and I don't make music for that reason to, I mean, I do like to inspire people and I do, um, that's definitely one of my favorite things to come out of making music, but that's not what drives me to like wake up every morning and hit the studio. It's that, it's that passion. It's that almost like I need to do this, like to fulfill myself and it's kind of fucked up, but, um, am I allowed to curse? No, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> okay. It's kind of fucked up, but, um, at the same time hearing you say all these things and how many people I affect, I'm like, okay, I, I, I do have, I, I, I now realize that I have this thing that happens when I make this music. So what if I combine these two things and, and do something really special with it? And that's, that's where like, you know, I see my career trajectory moving in the future of more than just music. And, and, you know, you look at someone like Grizz and how much, uh, philanthropic work he does. Mm-hmm. That's something that I definitely look up to and want to emulate throughout my career. Yeah. It's, I feel like to be a successful musician, to be successful in any art, you have to have some sort of, it has to be a need. Um, if you're doing it for other people, it normally won't work. It, it almost always won't work. That is an awesome thing to come off of your art. That's an awesome thing to be a product of your art because you're making an art. But I feel like the need to wake up every day and make music, just like you have the need to wake up and brush your teeth and drink water and eat food it's probably just as strong there's there's no difference there it's it's a need for you to be tyler for you to be louis futon for you to be whoever you need to be that day it's a must and um from somebody who has a very similar situation as far as when i wake up if i don't make music in the morning i'm a i'm a grumpy person yeah it it really dictates the way that i go about my life and it really seems like not only does it dictate the way you go about your life but it dictates the way that eventually others can get inspiration off of your life mm-hmm. because a shitty day could be an incredible song. Mm-hmm. Um, you grew up in Philadelphia and now you live in Los Angeles. Would you say the differing people in those two areas have inspired your, your art and your creativity? Yeah, definitely. I mean, starting, starting out in Philly, it was in high school and like when I, I grew up right outside of the city of Philadelphia. So I'm um, like a little suburb right outside the city. And me and my friends group were kind of like oddballs of our high school. And we would make like, we loved experimental music, like animal collective, um, explosions in the sky, like that kind of stuff that nobody else in our school was really listening to except for our little friends group. And we would just, go to my friend's house every day after school and just jam until it got dark out. And, um, that definitely shaped, 
a lot of like who I am musically. Um, not only like my talent for all the instruments, because that's where we kind of, uh, we, I mean, we just played and played and played like none of us really took lessons and we just got experience, like just playing every single day. And, um, but it, yeah, so not only like our, my talent, but also my ear, um, you know, even today, you know, I, I'll still uh, find myself subconsciously referencing, you know, some post-rock song and, and being like, oh, this ambient tech, now I have an ear for like ambient textures and like, you know, experimental things. And, um, I, I definitely credit that to, you know, just jamming out and finding new music with my friends back in high school. But the move out to LA was more, um, you know, I, like we were saying before the podcast, how we know so many Berkeley kids, it's like, there's a lot of, um, there's a lot of that. I'm friends with a lot of like kids who went to Berkeley school music who, um, like, like Ariel, uh, one of my best friends, you know, he's definitely helped me expose, he's definitely helped expose me to a lot of new, um, music that I wasn't aware of before. And I'm, and I'm getting more into kind of like funk music and, and that kind of stuff, you know, going to jam nights every Monday night, um, you know, at the study in Hollywood, uh, when I first moved here, just be exposing myself to like, you know, live, like neo soul, like funk, R and B, like hip hop, like see, like, like listening to that in person is uh, a lot different than just putting our AirPods on and, and throwing on an album, you know, yeah. and getting getting that vibe where like I'm literally the only white person in the room, and everyone is just smoking a J and vibing and dancing. Uh, I, it's just a beautiful experience. Um, Whether it's music or any other art that you ended up finding yourself in, it seems like your your talent at the core before any of this other stuff is your ability to take situations and use them, use them as fuel. Um, whether that's somebody you meet, the people you surround yourself with, the car driving by, um, these, the, all the guys you grew up in, in Philly or outside of Philly, they're, they seem to be a massive inspiration. It's, you have to find yourself in situations and allow yourself to use those situations. And you've done the same thing in LA. You have people like Ariel, you have people you have bass players, you have piano players. I always see you surround yourself with very similar people and you're with those people a lot, which means that you, you found a group of people that make you feel comfortable, that make you feel like you can do what you need to do to the best of your ability and people that make you feel like you're in the correct space. Mm-hmm. What, is it, what did it take for you to learn how to find those people? Because I'm sure there were people along the way that weren't correct. Yeah, definitely. Um, this is something that I actually think about a lot of that circle just kind of getting trimmed year by year, you know, friends, uh, you know, you gotta, like, you gotta almost lose friends to make friends because, Mm -hmm. you know, of the time that you put into that person's life. Um, and so, you know, just, just, the other week I had a session with someone and I was like, you know, we hit it off and I was like, whoa, I, I really see myself becoming friends with this person, but I don't really have time to hang out with them. And I I think it honestly might be time to, uh, you know, cut this person out of my life. So it's not like an easy decision, but you know, and you can still, you can still, um, 
tend to those relationships, but they won't be as strong. And you like, you have to make a sacrifice and be okay with like losing friends. And, and, and that's just life. You know what I mean? Like definitely a lot of, most of my friends back from high school, I don't really talk to anymore. Um, if I do, it's like a, um, you know, we'll talk maybe two, three times a year. And, uh, it's kind of sad, but that's just how it goes. And, uh, you know, I think when, when you're in, you're in the moment when you're in high school or when you're in college or whenever, like you just kind of have this mentality of we're going to be friends forever. Like this is such a beautiful thing. And, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, it might not be that way and that's, that's okay. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. There's always space to keep people around enough that when you see them, you you can give them the love they deserve. Right. But there's also, I mean, you grow up in the, uh, so many people in America, especially, grow up in this situation where you're you're around the people you're around growing up. It's not your choice. Mm-hmm. Um, whoever's in your class, whoever's friends with your parents, you know, like the situations are very they're handed to you. That's true. You don't really have as much choice which is an amazing time to learn that sometimes you do got to figure out how to be friends with who's around, who, whoever's going to be the best person for you in that, in that room. But then you get to a point where you grow up and you have to make a life of your own and the people in your life and the decisions they make become part of your life. And you have to either allow some people in who are going to allow you to grow and maybe let people go who don't allow you to grow or don't yeah. give you the inspiration you need. And again, both of those things can become a song. Both of those things are fuel. Mm-hmm. Um, and you seem to have found an ability to navigate through those. And it comes with time and it comes with practice and it comes with fucking up, a lot of fucking up. That's, yeah. That's just life. Definitely. What are some of the the positive things that you've gotten out of moving to Los Angeles and and changing up your your surroundings? Oh, man, that's... I could talk about for an hour about that and alone. It's just the the energy out here is a a stark contrast to the East Coast um, in terms of mentality um, and overall outlook on life. Um, you know, it, it, Los Angeles. Like, I feel like the people. You know, a lot of people. A lot of people will. Uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? A lot of people will have this. A lot of people have this stigma about Los Angeles in that all the people are fake or everyone's out here trying to make it, and that is true. Um, but I don't see how you know the statement everyone's out here just trying to make it is a is a bad thing. Like everyone out here is trying to make it, and like it's almost like in in LA if you don't dream big, then why the fuck are you here? You know? And that's, that's why I like it is because I'm always, I'm always dreaming big. I'm always like a big thinker, like, oh, you know, I just, I just set high expectations and I, and I, and I want to, I want to take over the world, you know, not literally like, yeah, (laughs) but, um, and, and on the East coast, it's, it's like, oh, you want to, you want to be, uh, musician you want to be a producer i mean you should probably just go to business school Mm -hmm. right like and that's 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 literally what i did i ended up going to business school for college and uh, i just wanted to be a producer um and a musician and 
you know, I think that's that, that's why I love the move out here so much is because the energy is so creative and so just willing to do anything and like no idea is too big. Yeah, it almost demands commitment. Oh, um, absolutely. Moving out here. I, I agree. And I think one of the most important parts about being around so many people that are trying to make it is it's constant inspiration to keep going. 100%. And to know that there is always, it's not always about overworking yourself. It's about finding a way to keep working hard, to make it sustainable, to make it fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. you have, you've done that. You've inspired so many people. And when I met you for the first time, you were opening up for, for Grizz at a show. And now I've got to see you headline your own massive shows in Los Angeles. Right. And it's just all super kind of weird because dreaming big seems like it's so unobtainable. Like it's so unobtainable. In actuality, it feels like when you dream big, there's actually big dreams to be accomplished. It's all crazy, but it's all part of it. It's all craziness, but I guess that's why we all love it. Thank you, Tyler, so much for coming out here, for talking to us, for being part of this, and for, you know, giving everybody a little insight onto some of the things that helped you get to where you are. Appreciate you, man. Thank you for having me on. Of course. And to everybody out there listening, I'm Louis Futon, and this is an experiment. The experience is the experiment. <laughs>